Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And just like that, we go from optimism to skepticism. We'll discuss next year on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Cook. Waits for it. Him caught. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler. The five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds. A junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop. And he delivers for Bosch and Bank. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast, which will have a slightly darker tone uh, than uh, than than last week's episode. That's why I decided to wear some white with the uh, 2012 Sugar Bowl champion throwback commemorative uniform, because I know for some of you, particularly the younger variety, you don't recall, but there were days, folks. That Michigan won major bowl games. Michigan competed for championships. That used to happen. In fact, with regularity around here, we had hoped after the first four weeks of putting up some impressive analytics to the point that ESPN's FPI predictive model had Michigan favored in every game but one the rest of the way, that maybe this might be a surprise team. It still might be. But after that second half against Rutgers, folks, there's clearly some work to do. So let's break it down for you. In fact, let us begin with that second half against Rutgers because that that could very well be 
one of the worst halves of football that Michigan has ever, like in the history of the program, going back to 1879, has ever played. 42 yards of offense and two first downs. 42 yards and two first downs. Nick Sheridan called and said, what? In fact, we'll be talking about Nick Sheridan here again in just a second, because that brings us to our second point. This is the second time now that we've essentially seen Cade McNamara shut down in game. And folks, we haven't even played on the road yet. That's not a good sign. In fact, let's delve a little bit deeper into Cade McNamara, shall we? There was another outstanding Monday morning quarterback breakdown by former Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner on WTKA in Ann Arbor on Monday. And he pointed out again, like with Washington, that our coaches justifiably lost in-game confidence with Cade McNamara, which forced us into an offensive shell. So that, that kind of prompted me to look at how Cade has performed against Power 5 opponents so far. When you look at these numbers... McNamara has so far started three games against Power 5 opponents. These are the games that really matter, the games that really test you, not the MAC, not Northern Illinois. All three of these were at home. They were also against teams who were just a combined 3-6 and six at the time with all three of those wins by Rutgers. So, I mean, this would, this would seem to be a pretty favorable situational sample to look at. Except, here's the numbers. In those games, McNamara completed just 50% of his passes compared to 61% against non-Power 5 opponents. That 61 is actually not good enough in today's college football, let alone 50%. And get this, he has yet to throw a single touchdown pass, and he has averaged just 99 yards passing per game. Those numbers are... I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. And yes, I know that he left last year's Penn State game early with an injury, but he still attempted 25 passes beforehand, and that is easily his most passes attempted in any of his career starts. So I think that's definitely a sample worthy of including in this sample. McNamara's average QBR against Power 5 opponents is a paltry 379 That is almost impossible to accept. To put it in some form of context for you, by comparison, Nick Sheridan is considered the worst starting quarterback in modern Michigan football history, and he had a QBR of 49.2 in his first three starts against Power 5 teams. To put it in further perspective, Nick Sheridan was demonstrably better in his first few starts against major conference opposition than Cade McNamara has been. And Sheridan, by the way, obviously played on perhaps the worst Michigan team in school history, and yet he still statistically outperformed McNamara from the outset, which is why I think McNamara has these two road games coming up against Wisconsin and Nebraska to really show something, or I think we're going to see J.J. McCarthy start against Northwestern after the bye. Third, I mean, where was the imagination on offense in the second half? I understand you've shut shut it down with the quarterback, but I mean, you you don't you don't trust him to just throw a bubble screen outside with Northwest or I'm sorry, with Rutgers putting eight, nine guys in the box. And so your outside receivers are both lined up one on one out there. You don't trust him to just throw a bubble screen out there? You don't trust that? I mean, what is this? Junior high football? 
This is the friggin' big house, man. You, you can't throw that. Where were the jet sweeps reverses we've seen work so well the first few weeks of the season uh, to, to attack in, over, uh, in overcompensating defense uh, with some misdirection? We didn't see any of that in the second half at all. But to me, McNamara is a bigger issue, a far bigger issue, actually. I don't think it's even close than the lack of imagination on offense, but you're, I don't think the coaches necessarily helped him all that much either. Fourth, you know, for all of the off-season changes, forgive me, but this is starting to look like a typical Harbaugh team. Dominate scrubs, no real playmaker at quarterback, and then you don't respond when you're punched in the mouth. I mean, Rutgers came out defensively, punched Michigan right in the mouth, and Michigan responded with two first downs and 42 yards. So there you go. And then finally, boy, Man, this looked eerily similar to the Army game in 2019. Remember, remember Michigan also, uh, something was going on with Shea Patterson. They shut it down with him on, on him too. Ran Shaq, Zach Charbonnet into the line 30 times. He never recovered his entire rest of his freshman year. And, you know, uh, a win was a win. And then the defense steps up and makes the stop. And then they like celebrated in the stands like they just won the Big Ten. Well, they just they did that again against Rutgers, probably the worst team remaining on our schedule, or at least the second worst. Even if they are improved, they're not better than Indiana. They're not better than Michigan State. They're not better than Ohio State. Thankfully, we don't play them. So, I mean, this looked a lot, a lot like that. Just shut down the entire offense, go into a shell in the second half, uh, hold on for dear life at the end, then celebrate like you just won a Big Ten championship. Um, and then remember who Michigan played the next game? After Army in 2019? Yep. Same team they play after Rutgers 2021. At Wisconsin. And if you've looked, by the way, Wisconsin is a one-point favorite right now uh, over the Wolverines, even though Michigan's ranked and Wisconsin's not. If you want to get in on that action or any other action this weekend, get the advantage over your sportsbook with BetQL. Uh, download it today. It's the only app you're going to need to make smart bets, their best bets computer model. It scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports. And they cover everything from, from the spreads to over-unders, even player props. Uh, you get the sharp data to find out what the pros are doing, the people who do this for a living, all the latest line movements, injury news, team updates, and more. So head to the App Store or the Google Play Store now to download Bet. BetQL. Again, go to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. And then while you're there, enter the discount code MP for Michigan Podcast, MP at payment checkout, and you're going to get 25% off any of their subscription offerings. Remember, you can find all this information in the description of this video and also check out their sportsbook offers like BetMGM and other places uh, no matter where you live. If you're in one of these eligible states to claim free offers upon signing up at one of the many sportsbooks listed. Again, get the BetQL app in your app store or Google Play store. Enter the discount code MP at payment checkout for 25% off. Well, let's get the view from the other side of the scarlet and gray septic tank with maybe the one and only reasonable Ohio State Bucknut, our good friend Mark Rogers, who himself has a fantastic college football channel here on YouTube, the voice of college football. Good to see you again, brother. How are you? 
Great to see you, Steve. Uh, this uh, football season, it's an intriguing one, especially in the Big Ten East. Mark, I don't know if you saw this stat. I tweeted it out yesterday, but uh, there have already been more ranked teams that have lost in the first four weeks of the AP poll than in the history of the AP poll. And it goes back to 1936. So this is the most ranked teams we've ever seen lose in the first four weeks of the season. Your thoughts on that? I think it uh, has to do with the uh, experience of these uh, mid-level teams with all the, um, the the super seniors coming back. I think that has a lot to do with it. We talked about defensive uh, football being more in vogue with a full year of spring practice, summer camp, individual workouts throughout the year that we did not have in 2020. And uh, this has been the result. And uh, with all those upsets, we are razor close to having another handful or so uh, of uh, favorites who survived. You've got the transfer portal as well. You know, so you have a program like a Clemson. They, they literally don't have another quarterback to go to if they wanted to. They, they literally don't, you know. And, and so and we're going to see more and more of this, Mark. You're just particularly in this NIL era where Graham Mertz makes money. I mean, he's terrible. Uh, he, and he makes money on T-shirts. Spencer Rattler's got national deals, and his fan base on primetime TV is cheering for his backup. Uh, guys just are not going to sit there and wait two or three years for their turn anymore. We're going to see a lot more of this. I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a quick hook uh, with the uh, uh, shoulder injury for C.J. Stroud, Stroud in Columbus. Because if you if you're Ryan Day – and you start struggling, those other guys behind him are like, dude, if I'm not if I'm not going to play here, I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm Kyle McCord. I'm not waiting a year. I'm not doing. I'm, I'm gone. And so I think we're going to see actually a lot more of this going forward. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I thought that uh, we carried on that conversation a number of times, and it was speculation at the time, but it was reasonable thinking that how is this NIL situation going to affect college football teams? Well, it's going to take that guy that was willing to stick out uh, a situation at an Ohio State, for example, and obviously now looking at the opportunity elsewhere at a mid-level school in another conference or the same conference and, and see that opportunity to play because you don't make money if you don't play. So the NIL, NIL opportunities are going to players that actually start and play. Therefore, why sit, go somewhere else, and play, make money. Let's talk about Michigan. So first and foremost, are you inclined, are you in the camp that says, hey, they've played one bad half out of, out of four, after 14 consecutive good ones, don't overthink it, probably was a letdown with Wisconsin on deck, and just couldn't, after they kind of let down, just, you know, it happens. Or are you of the mind that says, what happened here is Rutgers finally figured out why don't we put 75 guys in the box? And it doesn't matter how many pros Michigan has on their offensive line. Five guys can't block 11, okay? So, and we're just going to dare Michigan to throw in to beat us. And it turns out that when a team does that, particularly one with a pulse, albeit it's still Rutgers, they can't. So which of those two camps are you in after that game against the Scarlet Knights? So or that I half against to, them, I should say. Yeah, well, I tend to... 
be in neither extreme camp of, okay, sound the alarms, Michigan's awful, they'll never be able to run the ball against anyone ever again. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, they'll be fine. They, they figure it out. They just do whatever they need to do on that particular week. Uh, there are real issues with Michigan football, and I think it comes with uh, we saw two halves of football that were basically they, they could have switched uniforms and we would have thought it was the same game from half to half. Uh, Michigan dominated but was unable to pull away completely in the first half. Rutgers dominated the second half. But Michigan's fortunate that Rutgers does not have an explosive offense. That's what it comes down to because if they had any playmakers to and, and the quarterback to be able to create explosive plays, Michigan would have lost that game. Um, what I see there is that basically, you know, Cade McNamara made a comment after the game that I thought was completely ridiculous. I, I don't know. He was basically trying to answer why the offense was stagnant in the second half. And he said, quote, we were lacking momentum. Then he jumbled around with a few other things. Then he basically said it was a lack of momentum. I don't even know what that I don't even know what that means. We were lacking momentum on offense. Basically, the reason you don't move the ball on offense is either you don't have enough talent. You're not executing or the play calling's bad. What I think happened to Michigan is basically they ran the same running play over and over and over and over in the middle and to the left side. They love the left side in the first half with, with different window dressing and backs in different spots and different motion, but the same blocking scheme and same play in the first half. So Rutgers adjusted at halftime. Greg Shigano does what a good coach does, and he adjusted to that. They also hit for a lot of big pass plays in the first half, running basically the same route. Those crossing routes uh, were tearing up Rutgers. And the one time, um, the tight end, who should probably be used more, Eric All, mm -hmm. he's kind of sat down in the zone, caught like a 25-yard play. Well, they took that away in the second half, and Cade McNamara had to throw to the sidelines, and he was unable to do that. Um, so Rutgers adjusted at halftime. Michigan failed to do so, but they were good enough defensively to survive to me I, I think the the issue is the quarterback I, I think we've had he started three games against power five opponents doesn't really matter what numbers you put up against northern illinois okay he has started three games against power five opponents mark and those three opponents had a combined three and six record at the time and all three wins were the wins that rutgers came into last saturday's game with and they were all at home I mean, you can't ask for a more favorable situational sample size, right? All at home against teams that came in unranked and unimpressive, okay? In those three games, he has completed 50% of his passes. Now, his, his overall number this season is 61. That's actually not very good in today's college football, let alone 50. He has no touchdown passes, Mark, and he's averaged 99 yards passing per game. Those are his numbers in, in three games against Power 5 opponents all at home. His QBR in those games is 37.9. To put that in perspective, I went back and looked at Nick Sheridan, who is considered the worst quarterback in modern Michigan football history, the, the walk-on who got essentially um, buffaloed. He's now the OC at Indiana. He's probably going to be head coach someday, but he's the walk-on that got buffaloed into uh, being Rich Rod's first sacrificial lamb his first year, okay? His first three games against Power 5 opponents, and I'm counting the opener against Utah, even though they weren't a Power 5 team at the time, 
his first three games against Power 5 opponents, his QBR was 10 points higher, was 47.9. All right? Yeah, I saw you blink. Yeah, those numbers are something, okay? Uh, and and to me, I, I think what's happened here, this is the same game that we played against Washington. We just ran, It's just Washington, for whatever reason, didn't put 14 guys at the line of scrimmage. They stayed in their traditional defense. They didn't make those adjustments, so we could keep running it. What happens? What happened here is that they don't trust their quarterback, and and they tried to even put it in his hands in that second half after Rutgers scored their touchdown, and they passed three times in a row in the next possession, and all three passes were off. They were all bad, and they just don't trust him, and that's when and so the offense goes into a shell. What I think is going to happen here is he's got these two road games against Wisconsin and Nebraska. If they don't win them both because he just managed the game and didn't turn it over or he doesn't show something, I think during the bye they will make the switch to J.J. McCarthy with two full weeks to to prepare and Northwestern on deck because here's what this season is about. Harbaugh is very calculating. This is about saving his ass, okay, and saving his job. That's why you've seen them go back to a lot of his offense that he knows. That's what a lot of coaches do. I mean, you, your, you, your job gets threatened. If I go down, I'm going down with what I know best, right? Okay? So this is about winning as many games as they can because this is also a really young team. Win as many games as you can and save Harbaugh's job. They're trying to bide their time with McCarthy. They didn't want to throw him out there against Washington's defense within, you know, basically that entire secondary is going to the NFL. They didn't want to do that. You obviously don't want him starting on the road at Madison for his first career start, maybe the toughest place in our league to play. You don't want that. So this was about seeing if what they could get out of Cade McNamara just to keep things on the down low, win as many games as they can, and then you sort of restart the clock when you put J.J. in because if you're going to go 8-4, and four, but you did it with J.J. McCarthy giving people some hope for the potential in the future of the second half of the season, that looks a lot different than if you're 8-4 and four and J.J. McCarthy last played against Northern Illinois. You know what I'm saying? So I think, that, I think this is all very calculated. That's what I think is going on. And so McNamara's well, got two weeks to show he can play, and if he can't, they'll kick him to the curb. Well, to defend Cade McNamara to a certain extent, when he has the, the statistics after three games, meaning the pass attempts, not just the, the, uh, the qualitative statistics of the QBR that's as low as you just pointed out, but he's not getting the reps to improve that he needs. Mm-hmm. They have wasted the opportunity with big leads against inferior opponents to work on the passing game. You can only get so many reps in practice. And again, he's facing a defense in practice that's better than the defense that he's going to face on Saturday. Yes, I get that. But aside from that, it's they're not live bullets. He's not getting hit. You got to they they had opportunities in the fourth quarter of those games to work on the passing game, and he was still getting nine and ten and eleven pass attempts. Now, to your point, uh, certainly our indication of J.J. McCarthy being set up as the starter has been he's almost received as many pass attempts mm-hmm. in the limited time that he's played in the first three games of the season, at least, uh, as Cade McNamara with getting six and eight and ten pass attempts in those games. So uh, it, it certainly looks as though they they had a plan or Jim Harbaugh had a plan. What do you expect to see here this Saturday against Wisconsin? Michigan has not won there since 2001. These are two teams that absolutely do not trust their quarterbacks. Graham Mertz threw Wisconsin out of that game against Northwest against Notre Dame. They were ahead in that game and going early in the fourth quarter. Of course, the Irish had that kickoff return, and then Graham Mertz just 
does what he basically has done against every opponent other than Illinois in the opener last year. And if I, if so, I, what I think both coaches are going to do here, I think Michigan's already shown you this is what they're going to do. And I think Paul Christ right now is sitting there thinking, you know what, man, I don't care what I promised this kid and recruit or nothing else. I'm running that Malusi kid and Jalen Berger into the effing ground on Saturday. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm going to, we're going to see Jim Harbaugh and I are going to play who's more stubborn. All right, because who's the first person that forces their quarterback to make the stupid mistake that ends up losing him the game? That we're, I mean, punts on third down. This is going to be a game that get, that makes David Shaw aroused. That's what I think we're going to see on Saturday. You? Well, I will say, Steve, that I'm surprised that I'm making this comment, but I'm more certain about Michigan football and what they're going to give me on Saturday in regards to their identity, their game plan, their approach, and the level of play. I think this is a good football team. I think it's one of the 15 best teams in America, but no more than that. Wisconsin, though, you've brought up his name more than any other name other than Kate McNamara during this segment, and that's Graham Mertz. And I was going to say right out of the gate, he's the most important player in this game because if Graham Mertz can just turn in a 12 or 18 day and not turn the ball over, just not turn the ball over. Then I trust that missing the, the Wisconsin defense, you know, who has ever seen a team that's given up 41 points as they did to Notre Dame on Saturday that had six sacks, 12 tackles for loss, <laughs> held their opponent to under 300 yards total offense. They're still a great defense. Yes, they they are. are a great defense. Yeah. That's an amazing stat line that you just laid out there. I think Wisconsin's going to win by double digits. I don't think Michigan will score an offensive touchdown. If they can get Graham Mertz just to take care of the football. He did the same thing against Penn State. He couldn't catch a snap mm-hmm. inside the red zone. He 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 messed up the game. He messed up the game against Notre Dame. That's all there is to it, man. Uh, yeah. Kyron yeah, Williams, I, I, one of I the think, best I running backs in I college think... football. Steve, Kyron Williams gained 33 yards on 18 carries against that Notre Dame. Or the, now, uh, this Notre Dame defense. offensive line is not that good. I mean, last two weeks ago it, it, against, it's not. against Purdue, he had uh, Kyron had like a 60-yard run in the fourth quarter, and he had like 90 yards on his previous 23 carries or something. Uh, so this offensive line is not that great. But I get your point. This Wisconsin D is phenomenal, no doubt about it. It's the best unit on the field, I think. Uh, they're at home. Michigan just doesn't win games against sentient beings wearing white jerseys. When they're when they're the ones wearing white jerseys, they don't win in that stadium. With, you're not going. With you're some not, red mixed in. Yeah, and you don't trust it. I meant when Michigan's wearing the white jerseys. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But uh, you don't. They don't trust your quarterback. If neither team does, give me the team who's at home. They're more likely to get away with not trusting their quarterback. And when, and that I think next week you and I will be talking about two people playing for their jobs, Scott Frost and uh, uh, and Cade McNamara. All right. And, you know, Frost can finally either get a signature win or uh, Cade McNamara saves his job. That's, that's what I think you and I will be talking about this time next week. I'll give you the last word. Well, think about how fun this is, Steve, that we just witnessed the worst team in the division of the Big Ten Eastern Division. And they played within one score of Michigan. And I was looking at the drive chart and just rewatched the second half uh, cut down version and they had opportunity after opportunity, mm-hmm. 10 minutes left in the game. They had first and goal uh, to tie the game. If they are able to do that, we've got seven. I don't know what the 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 probability or the, the math uh, number is on the number of games that are going to be played within this division. But if Ohio State doesn't kick up its game, uh, Penn State's probably the best team in the division in regards to at least 
they're the most certain team I know that's a quality team week to week. We'll see. They we're can't run have, the ball. We're, Almost we're all their have, offensive stats are against Ball State uh, and Villanova. Okay, they can't run. They ran the ball for less than 100 yards against Auburn. Couldn't run the ball a lick against Wisconsin. Let me. So, yes. We'll see. I don't know. The, the see, I think this is why your guy is so. Quality. This is why your yes, guy is so the, aggressive with McCord at quarterback because I think he knows I've got a game or two in this conference to play with. Play to play with, and as long as I can be seven and two and win the league, and as long as I, as long as those two losses are not to Penn State and somebody else, I think that's why there was such a short leash for C.J. Stroud. On top of the other factors we've talked about, I think he knows he's got a little bit of margin to make things like defensive coordinator switches and stuff midseason because there's so much, shall we call it, parity in this league this year. I'll give you the last word. Parity, exactly that. Uh, I can't think of a matchup in the Big Ten Eastern Division. I guess the one coming up this Saturday, Rutgers-Ohio State would be the most certain Mm -hmm. win for one team over another. But we're going to constantly have games that are throw up your hands. Who's going to win this game? Uh, Unless Ohio State breaks away, unless maybe Penn State's uh, that good and maybe the the chaos continues to another level starting this Friday in the Big Ten when Iowa goes to Maryland hmm. interesting game team that's in the top 10 is barely a field goal favorite on the road against an unranked team so there you go good to see you as always Mark thank you man appreciate it thank you Steve you bet and folks let me remind you that DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL and it's got a week five offer for every football fan to jump on new customers can bet just one dollar on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Now, the last time we had a 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I think this is pretty close to a no-brainer. All right, DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays where you can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Remember, DraftKings, safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code MICHIGANPODCAST and bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team just scores a single point. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code Michigan Podcast to take advantage of that offer. And now, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you who wins next week. 52.6% of you said Michigan. 47.4% said Wisconsin. So it's a toss-up. Wisconsin's going to win, guys, unfortunately. That brings us to our feedback of the week. This is from Haas, who says, maybe it's not that everyone is bad, but that no one is really, really good this year in college football. And therefore, I kind of like our chances this year. Michigan's schedule finally lines up well for us, and we seem to have a relatively talented team. I don't really know who's good. I mean, Georgia playing that rock fight against Clemson week one doesn't look nearly as impressive now as it did at the time, right? They're putting up huge numbers, but they've been playing scrubs ever since. Alabama's played one team with a, you know with full motor function, and they were a two-point Uh, attempt away from overtime in that game i already mentioned on the program we've had more losses amongst ranked teams in the ap poll in the first four weeks 
than we've ever had in the first four weeks of the AP poll, going back to 1936. So it, it could just be that this is going to be a crazy year. It could be. Uh, and if it is, then, you know, it's something that Michigan take advantage of. But at some point, you have to have a quarterback that you can trust to make at least two or three throws for you. And right now, so far anyway, Michigan doesn't have that. Let's hope and pray that that changes come Saturday in Madison. All right, once more, uh, thanks again to our sponsor, BetQL. It's the only app you're going to need to beat your sportsbook. Find their information along with a 25% off discount code in the description of this video. And also check out the special BetMGM offer in the description in order to receive $200 in free bets and other sportsbook sign-up offers and bonuses from BetQL. The number one app to compare betting odds. It's a must-get if you want to beat your sportsbook this football season. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, share, uh, follow, however the case, whatever the case may be on whichever platform it is that you access us through. Thank you very much. Please keep uh, letting other Michigan fans just like you know about what we do here on Michigan Podcast so we can reach more and more of the maze and blue. You can also follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. Keep up to date on what we think all things maze and blue in between episodes. Until the next time, I hope, I hope, that we are talking about 5-0 and o next week right here on Michigan Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.